Beers and Banter, episode 49. We have Ironman and all-round waterman TJ Hendy in the house tonight. Let's rip in. Thanks for having me, Matt. Beers and Banter, eh? As always, we're really appreciative of the support from the guys at Gripstar Socks. Gripstar Anti-Slip Socks feature panels that create traction that improves speed, acceleration and stability. Gripstar Socks are designed to deliver maximum comfort and flexibility, featuring a breathable mesh design that removes sweat and reduces odours. Perfect for high movement sports, working on your feet or lounging safely at home. Seriously grippy. TJ, welcome to Beers and Banter. Yeah, thanks for having me, mate. It's uh, it's We usually call this a sweaty box, but it's sort of right on the brink tonight. It's, uh, it's a little bit warm in here. After recording a bit earlier, but uh, thanks for coming in. Yeah, it's awesome to be in here. I love the setup, mate. I've um, I've looked at doing podcasts myself and looking around. I'll, I'll be um, grilling you later for all the um, all the different stuff I need. Sounds good. I reckon I need a little bit of um, probably acoustic paneling. Would wouldn't go astray just to block out some of the road noise and uh, maybe some new curtains at some stage. But uh, hopefully, we'll bring on a sponsor this year and yeah. get the uh, get the studio fitted out properly. The humble beginnings, eh? I thought we'd go local tonight. I've got uh, some of the Burley Mid Tide. Um, let's have a look. Whatever. It's a three percenter, so point nine of a standard drink. Just like the optimal tide conditions for perfect waves at Burley Point, <laughs> our go-to ale sits right in the sweet spot. Yeah, sounds all right. I love it. Give it a run. I've had probably four or five sips already, and I'm really enjoying it actually. So you're you're a local, Gold Coast local. Yep. Sporting capital of Australia. Yep, absolutely. What's what's the TJ Hendy story, mate? Um, it's a, a bit different for uh, for me than most Ironmen. Obviously, um, grew up in a in a bit of a shadow of my dad, but I didn't I didn't really do the Ironman um, stuff or the nippers stuff. I did about three months worth of nippers growing up, so um, just loved surfing. I wanted to be a professional surfer. Um, grew up on Hedges Avenue and Jefferson Lane, so you know um, Mermaid Beach and Palm Beach with some of the best beach breaks around and did a lot of surfing, which sort of put me in good stead to um, become an Ironman a bit later in my life. About 16, I sort of started board paddling and um, it probably took me to about 20 to really have a crack at trying to make the Ironman series. So so there was a bit of a debate raging online the other day about who'd produce better nippers, whether it was New South Wales or, or Queensland. Yeah. Uh, you, know, you always assume that the Gold Coast is the capital of life-saving because of all the people that base themselves here, but yep. there's a lot of talent actually comes from regional areas. But you've just you've just broken the mold and and didn't actually grow up in the system either. It was more just a love of the water, yeah. and and surf skills that that has allowed you to transition into the sport. Yeah, absolutely. I, I I used to go body surf six foot waves with my dad, and I was ten years old. So like things like that, I had skills in the ocean definitely. Um, but. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't have that um, that background of of nippers and paddling board and all that technique stuff. And um, you know, I'm pretty happy I missed it to be honest. What's the hardest thing? Would it be ski or is it the swimming base? Or what's the hardest thing now to to try and bridge that gap? Board paddling was really easy. Yeah. Um, uh, I just fell in love with that too because it's so similar to surfing. Um, but it would have been between. Um, swimming and ski paddling for sure. Ski obviously is a challenge. You jump on it the first time and you fall off 17 times sort of thing and you don't know how the rudder works and all that sort of stuff. And swimming's just obviously you just got to do it to get better. And yep. um, I was sort of fortunate that I had like a bit of a natural skill set and speed 
um, swimming. Like I used to win the fifty, the fifty free at each school champ, sort of thing, like every year. And I didn't swim train ever. Yeah. So, um, but then if you if we did a hundred hundred free, I was sort of like I probably would have come last. So like I literally, I think I went at twenty five when I was sixteen um, for a fifty free. And then um, I did I did try the one hundred, and I think I won a one twenty eight. So like that's that's almost three times like well it's probably more than three times yeah um, slower so I was just absolutely like had no back end so all, all speed no no stamina yeah, yeah. and um, that was obviously just because I didn't have a background in swimming yeah yeah fair enough so and you've just come back from Aussies I saw some uh, Mad Monday mayhem on your on yeah. your social media but what was Aussies like this year mate for me um, I've had twelve months worth of sort of not doing the sport properly I've been injured and. Um, just been pretty much fatigued mentally, physically, emotionally, all that sort of stuff. So I got to the semi-final of the Ironman. I was in about seventh or eighth for, for myself. And I, um, I, I was in a position to qualify for the final. And I remember like a, a moment where it got tough and I just looked at that moment and went, oh, I can't be bothered. So, mm-hmm. so that was where my Aussies was. And I, after that, halfway through that race, I sort of decided to, um, just focus on the team events for the rest of the the rest of the week, which um, obviously got me through to the Saturday, and I still got to race on the finals day, which is always nice. But um, yeah, different Aussies for me, and um, yeah, it was a very nice three days of partying after that. <laughs> Fair enough, and and it would have been a bit of bit of a build up there too. Obviously, Aussies didn't get to run last year with, yeah. with everything that's going on. Yeah, what what was it like? It was pretty much business as usual, or were there things a bit different uh, in the post-COVID era for the for the life-saving events? It was. I think we were down probably ten to fifteen percent on the Aussies before before that. Maybe missing a few Perth and maybe some South Australians and a few just of the Queenslanders, Queenslanders and New South Wales crew that maybe didn't get to train um, the way that they would have liked to, or not yep. as fit as they would have liked to be. Um, but yeah, it's still great Aussies and stuff and there's still depth and all that sort of stuff, but it was flat the whole week and that takes a bit of a, the vibe out of it, but it's definitely a bit, um, really good to be back racing. And was it across multiple beaches on the sunny coast? Like it's a bit different to the when the whole show's at Karawa sort of thing? Or? Yeah. Um, so we had the beach sprints at Mooloolaba um, and then... Bodies at Alex, yeah, Bodies at Alex, I believe, and then um, obviously the the uh, the Ironman and the board races and all that, the ocean stuff um, out the front of Maroochydore. And it's and it's huge. I remember as a young fella, maybe it was like a five or six day event. Now it's like ten days or something. Yeah, well, they bring that youth in, the masters, all that sort of stuff. Um, and we're talking about it. The numbers are down a little bit, so you could probably bring it back in a little bit. But um, it's it was nice to not have to race, you know, seventeen times a day, sort of thing. But yeah, yeah, I guess yeah, that yeah, brings a quality bit bit of a quality racing in yeah, that. Yeah. What do you think? I believe from next year under thirteens will be at Aussies, and then the year after it'll be twelves. Is that right? Oh, I'm not sure. I have no clue on that. I <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I, I believe. My understanding is that the the younger kids are going to. The end goal is sort of like un- from under 11s up, we'll do an Aussie titles. Yeah, wow. I don't know if I I don't know if I agree with that really because I think the kids at that age are sort of pushed into competition a little bit too quick for my liking. Yeah. You know, if you look at me for an example, like I didn't start competing until I was 16, 17 and um, I, I'm the coach at Surface Paradise Surf Club or I was for that last season. I'm just look, weighing up my options that this year I want to probably really commit back to the Ironman stuff. So, yeah. Um, but I just know for me, watching these kids, I just don't want them to run out of steam. So yeah. um, I want them to get to 
18, 19, and I want them to be in the Ironman series and in the Nutrigrain Ironman series and in the Iron Women series and, um, you know, pushing me when I'm trying to retire and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know where, how I feel about that. It's, it's a big call from a parent's point of view that if yeah. you, unless your kid wins the state title or, or medals at state titles, say Aussies in Perth next year. Yeah. I don't know if I'm paying for my 12 or 13 year old to go to Perth for a week. Yeah. Unless they're like absolutely best in the state. Yeah. You look at, you look at that and it's just the cost for that sort of stuff. And we we're just talking before as before the podcast started about the, how good the cost for, um, for nippers and just to join a surf club and what you get out of it and how yes. amazing it is. And it's probably one of the cheapest sports you can do. Yeah. And you, then you look at that and it starts to change pretty quick, you know? Yeah, trip to Perth, and obviously you start at that age group. You're also going from a nipper board to a mal, so yeah. potentially having to start investing in skis shortly around yeah. after that. So, yes, I, I would 100 percent say that it's a great value for money sport. Yeah, but some of those costs do start to add yeah, up if, for sure. uh, if you start to travel the countryside. Yeah, but um, so we touched on the on the Ironman series there. Where is the sport at professionally? We were sort of talking off air. Yep. How many guys are doing it full time? As in, they're not working another job Monday to Friday, or, and girls. Yeah, well, it's 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 super hard to gauge, I guess, because um, professionally to see where the sport is at. It's um, you know, right now I could probably name Courtney Hancock. Maybe Lana Rogers and Georgia Miller that are maybe in the girls doing it full time, and I know uh, Georgia works a job. I don't know what Lana does, so take Georgia out of that. Um, yeah, it must Lana. Lana seems like she does just the Iron Woman stuff, and yep. I know Courtney does. So, um, and obviously Courtney's come from a pretty strong. You know, when there's still some names, it was on live TV, and she created a good backing on that in that time. Yes. Um, then we look at the men's side, and there's probably five or maybe six of us sort of thing um they're making enough money to get by and pay all the things that you need to pay and it you know it does become we're talking about it being cheap it becomes quite expensive to be an ironman um to win races and to do all that sort of stuff um you've got to train three times a day you need a fast uh, a massage physio chiropractor you know maybe acupuncture sleep good diet um but not not only good diet lots of lots and lots of food you're probably almost paying a thousand dollars a week to be an iron man it's it's not it's not cheap it's probably about forty thousand dollars by the end of the year um to get to get by so you're turning up really just to race yeah and, and if you win you're covering expenses or yeah, well, maybe some of some of the crew that you know in that four or five um you know are paid by the surf clubs and have some good sponsors and incentives and um nutrigrain ambassadors and stuff like that you know so there is a pathway to make money in our sport and i think when you're winning you can make quite a lot um and you can quickly you know save for a house with you know you win a cool and get a gold you've almost got a house deposit or a unit deposit or something like that yeah and I've watched, you know, um, Bevy owns a unit, um, Ali, Ali owns a couple of houses, things like that. So people obviously do all right and they've obviously got partners and stuff that help in that area. But um, you can do well out of it, but it's not 15, 20 guys that are making money out of it. For the sport to be really competitive and um, unpredictable, you probably need 10 to 15 guys to be and girls to be, you know, full time at it. Yeah. So back back in the old days, you didn't know who was going to win. Yeah. Week. Well, there was a fair chance you knew, but it, it there was it was there was there was ten to fifteen guys pushing very hard, and yeah. depending on the conditions, 
you know, different guys thrived in the big yeah. surf and, you know, uh, if we go back to, to, to the older eras, you have, you know, guys like Scotty Reeves and guys that probably weren't the, the pinnacle household names, but they could push for a victory yeah. on any given weekend depending on the conditions. Yeah. Um, so I think, and then Shannon come in and just dominated the sport sort of once Zane, yeah. once Zane had retired and Kai had retired. Yeah. No one really, no one really could go with Shannon. No. And is that, was that because they were the last couple of guys that were really full-timers? Well, we, you look at it, right? And I, I, I think those guys back then were probably earning as much money as, um, you know, I am right now. And that, that money would be worth twice or three times as the amount. Yes. Um, so they were, they were killing it. They were making a lot of money. Um, and they were, yeah, probably ranked to about 15th, I reckon, 15th, 20th. There was, there was about 30 guys in the series and for people to say 30 guys were making money, I don't think that's quite right, but there was definitely, yeah, 10, 15, 20 guys that were really making some money and being able to uh, do what they wanted to travel, pay all the bills, all that sort of stuff with Ironman. And then you had Kai Hurst come through and he was the next big thing and he would have been probably the best Ironman of, of all time if it wasn't, um, for his Olympic dream, I reckon. Yeah. yeah. So he obviously missed a few Australian titles and, um, and Nutrigrand series and stuff through that. And then Zane Holmes, um, Shannon was only a couple of years after them that he, I think, started, like got into the Opens. And from the get-go, he was the guy that was, I think he was the best, but yeah. he wasn't winning straight away. Like he was breaking away, all that sort of stuff and sort of, I think, toweling them up, but without the good good luck and good karma for some reason. Yeah. Um, but it was Shannon's last probably six years that he just went to a next, the next level. And I think it was because obviously accumulating years and, and miles under the, under the tank sort of thing. But, um, but I think having that backing and sponsorship and obviously making a name for yourself and being financially stable, um, at the end of his career probably meant a lot for him. And then... Now it's only really, you know, you've had Kendrick, um, Ali, and the two mats. Yeah. Yeah, and they've, between those guys, they've sort of shared it. There's not been like a guy that's sort of st- really stood out until Ali this year. And yeah. he he dominated before he broke his wrists as well. So it's two years in succession for him that he's sort of dominated. But, um, yeah, I think to be able to go with those blokes and Shannon and stuff, you can't. You can't expect the guys that are earning 10, 15 grand out of the sport to beat, beat Shannon consistently. So we always, me and my mates, when we're sitting around, we're always trying to work out, well, how do we get surf life-saving and obviously the professional series tied to that back to the glory days. And as it, you know, back then, essentially the, the you know, the serial wars, people used to say it was bad for the sport because it divided our athletes and all that sort of thing. But yeah. to me, it was, a, um, it was probably a, what what showed is that when when one fell away, there was less money yeah. being injected into the athletes. So yeah, um, it, is that what we need a rival competition? Do you think, or not run by Surf Life Saving, or it should be owned by Surf Life Saving, and they need to get back to? See, I'm a beachy, yeah, so, and, all, and all my mates will laugh. But I think when um, when Nutrigrain used to do a full carnival on their yeah. weekend, so they'd have the beach flags, they'd have the boats, yeah. they'd have, you know, and they'd have all the events. Yeah. I thought that was really good viewing and, yeah. and, and it was the full life-saving story. Yeah. But, you know, I'm interested to know what you think the sport could do or what it needs to, to really get back to those prime time. Like, we watched a lot of the kids 
on yep. uh, Facebook live streams, which was great this year. Yeah. But for Aussies in the Ironman final, like that should be prime time, Channel 9, Channel 10, yeah. or you know, Fox Sports or something. Yeah. How do we get back there? Yeah, it's a great question and um, obviously not one, not really anyone's had the answer or the willingness to actually go and you know do it just yet. But I actually do feel like um, the crew that are looking after it now are having a red hot crack. Yep. Um, you know, I, I did hear some really positive things coming um, and then obviously COVID hit and um, I thought we were going to do six rounds again, Portsy be back in the frame, you know, like even even just a simple thing as, you know, I thought we were going to all have separate colours um, yep. in, this, in the series, which obviously in the, in the Nutri-Grain series it happened when um, I think it was – Guy Leach was running the series with a guy named Basil probably almost 10 years ago now and everyone had um, in the top 10 had their own colour and then the bottom 10 um, had white with their own colour, so white yep. with just like a little uh, patch of their own colour. So you're really identi- uh, identified quite easily. Yep. Um, little things like that that make a big difference but then what's really challenging for our sport and for every sport at the moment is that you've got so much competition, Netflix, Amazon, um, you know, binge, all those, all these things, Foxtel, everything, um, you know, Xbox, PlayStation, um, all of that, you know, even just, even just how easy it is or not the last little bit, but easy it is to travel, you know, people go over, would go overseas so easily and they weren't so stuck on their couch on a Sunday all the time. They can go do all these other things or go to a, you know, I just think mobile phones and things like that take away from um, free to air TV a little bit. Um, Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So that's one part. Um, And then I think obviously you want to create something for a kid to believe that they can do it as a profession and their parents to feel like they're actually chasing something worthwhile. Yep. Yep. So, um, that's a great great call to be honest. Yeah. Cash injection is, is one of the big ones. And I think, you know, maybe we're getting a bit closer there and surf life saving, putting a bit of money in there is, is being helpful. Um, and it's, I think, you know, we went from this year from, $3,000 $3,000 for a um, for a round win to $5,000. A few things changed up. So that went up a little bit. Um, and then cool and go to gold, you can still earn a little bit of money. But I think, um, yeah, it's, I think the biggest problem is trying to create these guys to be heroes again, you know, like yeah. myself and every, everyone else to be heroes. And, um, you know, what they used to say to me is the girls wanted to be with my dad. And the guys wanted to be my dad, you know. So um, if we can get that happening for the Ironmen, then that will um, go a long way to helping, I think. Yeah. But, you know, I think it's only AFL in this country that's really, really doing well, you know. Like NRL has its moments and it's like it's obviously a great sport and stuff, but they've been in trouble for making fake noises in the crowd and stuff before COVID. So, you know, different things like that. Um, And then... You know, they've got big deals and stuff, but they AFL just has crowds all the time when obviously other than COVID, but um, it's it's just maybe it's just a hard time to really, really succeed as a sport. Um, yeah, yeah and, that's, that's a good call. But I see where we can make people want to watch us is big waves. Um, so I was going to say, you, you mentioned Portsy there before. Yeah. Uh, 
is it hard for someone like yourself, like you said, you've been you've been body surfing six foot waves since you were ten year old, yeah. But then you got to turn up at Noosa or 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 Maroochydore and it's it's a mill pond, yeah. Versus what it used to be like at Portsea and Pihar and just like monster waves, yeah. It's <laughs> I know it's it's I would never go out in that surf. I was hopeless, yeah. but that's what as a spectator we want to see the carnage. We want to see the ski like shooting off in yeah. the air and. Because that makes it unpredictable. But if, yeah, like you say, if it's flat, you know who's going to win. Yeah, because it, it's just it's just a straight up. Oh, you know who's the fastest as yeah. opposed to who's the most skilled. And yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think um, yeah, we've had a year where the surf's been flat for pretty much all of it. Yeah, we had one round where it was as big as it's been for uh, one race where it was as big as it's been for years, and that was the um, Shore and Partners um, Shannon Eckstein Classic. And yep. so that had twenty thousand dollars on it for the for the win, and the energy that day was massive. It was amazing. Um, you know, the the Ironman final and the Ironwoman final were the two things that everyone was you know down there for. Yeah, and. All the races before that were held, being held in the gutter because it was so big and so dangerous and it was, you know, insurance-wise and all that sort of stuff. And then they threw us out the back just to make sure that spectator-wise it was amazing and that it was worth them having that $20,000 on that race and making sure it was a spectacle. Um, so holding periods, all that sort of stuff for, you know, for, you know, a Nutrigrain series, maybe we hold for a week and we look for the the biggest swell or the windiest or something like that, you know, and go to those beaches like Portsy, um, you know, Piha, things like that, um, Surface Paradise, um, you know, even Bondi, things like that. They all get lots of swell. So, yeah. you know, um, I think that's, that's important. Um, and then, yeah, cash injection. But, yeah, we've got to go to schools again. We've got to get into schools and um, and teach surf safety and and teach them who we are as Ironmen and actually show our, show our face, um, you, especially if we're in Victoria and stuff like that. You mentioned AFL before, so yeah. uh, that you're basically swearing at me when you were bagging the NRL. Yeah, <laughs> no, uh, diehard NRL fan. Yeah, my kids did Oz Kick long before and and have no interest in NRL, but yeah. they did Oz Kick yeah. at school because it was the AFL had put money into it. Yeah, paid twenty bucks. You got a backpack of footy and a yeah. drink bottle or whatever it was, and they did it straight after school. Yeah. So definitely, um, the big organisations are investing a lot of money at yeah. the school level. Yeah. to to get the kids interested yeah, in their for sport. Sure. And I know it's hard. I I, I think that life saving is the most Australian sport there is. Yeah. But I always think, old oh, unless you live more than twenty k's from the coast, and then you've probably got zero interest in it. And growing up on the Gold Coast, I've obviously got a slanted view on that. But yeah. long before I was involved in life saving, I knew about the Uncle Toby's Ironman, and, yeah. and you'd go and watch races and stuff. Long before I even knew what life saving was. So, yeah, I definitely at that at that entry level, we've got to do more with our nippers. I remember coming back. We were down at a carnival for the nippers on, down at Coolangatta. And I'm driving back through Burley and I realised the Nutrigrain's on. It's like, yeah. how bad's that for planning? Yeah. We've got the big, you know, we've got the circus in town, <laughs> you know, the big shows in town. Yeah. And we, when we put a nipper carnival on the same day, yeah. you know, 10 Ks down the road. It's yeah. like, it's w- strange. When, when Nutrigrain comes to town, we should be getting all the local nipper clubs. Yeah. Doing a, I don't know if they're doing a march past or what they're doing, but yeah. they're all there in their club colours representing their club yeah. to watch the, the best in the business go around. It's, yeah. It's my opinion. That's Absolutely. how you get those kids really frothing. 
Yeah, and I think, you know, even we're at Kingscliff and they, they put, you know, they told us that we were no spectators for that couple of weeks and stuff like that, but people were there and and things like that, you know, Kingscliff is, what, 20 minutes from most clubs on, on the Gold Coast, yes. you know, maybe 30 minutes from Surface Paradise, 40 minutes from Surface Paradise sort of thing. You get all those kids down there and you get them watching and stuff like that and say there is a wave wave on, you know, and they go, oh, my God, and they get to see a ski shoot in the air and all that sort of stuff. That's stuff that they'll remember. Um, and I, I feel like, yeah, planning is one thing. You can't you can't have a nipper carnival on, you know, on those days. And I think if, if your nippers is on that Sunday morning or whatever, finish at 10 o'clock and, and grab a club, bu- um, club bus. Yeah, and drive yeah. it and drive it to the um to the Nutrigrain race or around or if it is within an hour because it's so worth it for those kids and um it just gets to show you know especially if you have an iron man or an iron woman in your um in your club it just gets to show the kids who they are and what they actually do. I think obviously safety is important and particularly at our state titles and our Aussie titles safety should be paramount particularly yep. with the history we've had yeah but when you look at our our best of the best you know I think we could probably let them go out in some bigger bigger surf and really yeah. show that these are the guys and girls that are going to go out in that rough yeah. seas um, I'm sure you do patrols it's part of it's part of the movement yeah. you know it's you know these are the people that are coming out to rescue the yeah. public when 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 shit goes south so uh, let, let's let them show off their skills once in a while, particularly yeah. the best, the yeah. best in the best. Yeah, that that's I've actually thought about that a few times and I've wondered, you know, why it hasn't happened and there must be a reason that it's not as simple as it is in my mind. But, you know, say you're, you're in an Australian Ironman and Ironwoman semi-final, you're in the Opens semi-finals and the surf gets massive. There's only 72 people right there. It's 36, no, what is it, 30, 32, so 70, 64 people. They need to sign off their life pretty much to say, I'm willing to go out in this. And if they don't sign it, they can't compete in the semifinal, yeah. you know. And I'm pretty sure 64 of them will sign it, you know, most of the time. And if, and I wouldn't even say anyone, you know, if they pulled out, I wouldn't say, you know, you're a pussy or whatever. I wouldn't say that. I would just be like, oh, you know. That's a good, it's their call. It's their call. But at least we wouldn't have to go, you know, get moved to a lake or get cancelled or something like that. And for us... That's another hard reason why it hasn't been able to be fully professionally and professional and it's probably not in the glory days and all that sort of stuff is imagine being a professional at whatever you do and every time you go to the pinnacle it gets cancelled or might get called off or something like that. Yeah. That's really challenging. I've done 10 years of this sport competitively and I think I've had four, four Australian titles cancelled. Really? Yeah. Due to surf or COVID? Yeah. Yeah, crazy. Cancelled or pretty much moved. Yeah, there's at least three cancelled um, and maybe a fourth. I, I would say there is one one thing that I would do. I would have a flat water or closed water event. Yeah. One. Yeah. In a stadium type arrangement with some of these wave pools. Yeah. We, we had an under, like it was just the little kids, but we had a carnival at the Evandale Lake at yeah. Bundle for branch titles because surf was too big, they yeah. moved it. And I was like, Obviously, for the kids that have got good surf skills, it's not where they want to be, yeah. and it's not—it's not the great place. But from us, one of the hard things about our sport is it's not a great spectator sport yeah. because once it once a swimmer, you know, does the first couple of dolphin dives, you don't really see them again until they come down the face yeah. of a wave. 
I think there's room for like one closed water event yeah. where you get that amphitheater style. Yeah, that would be cool. Uh, where where that where you can see the whole race and you can yeah. see the whole thing. So I think there's room for that. But yeah, yeah. Overall, I think we need our we need to let our um our best in the sport really show what they can do in the in the surf. Do the um do that wave gar- uh, the wave pool at um in Melbourne. Do yeah. that on the Saturday and Portsea on the Sunday or something like that. Now you're talking. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. And, you know, funny you were just saying that about spectators when, they, when, when they're going into the swimming and you can't see them and stuff. I fully understand that. So it's like it's something that not many people know that happened. But I know that the Ocean 6, when they took over the Nutrigrain series and that was more of a carnival set up sort of thing, yeah. um, Trent, who was running that, really wanted to never have um, – swim first or last yeah right yeah so you always put swim in the middle because you lose people's interest yeah yeah. for tv and for when they're going for ko and fox and stuff like that it just looks so much better if two people are coming in on a board or a ski wave and about to sprint up the beach yeah right Yeah. yeah okay uh can we take a left turn yep i saw on social media the other day you're going to become a dad yep congratulations yeah thank you uh, you'll ne- you'll know you're alive now. Yeah, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. If you thought you were busy and it was hard to get up for training, yeah, wait till you haven't had any. Sleep. I think it's going to be easier to get up for training now because I'll be running out of the house trying to get <laughs> some rest from from a screaming child. So, so I wanted to ask you a question. Um, now now that you're becoming a dad, would you trade the board rescue title that you run won with your dad for for an Australian title or a Nutrigain title, Ironman? No, not at all. No, that's a good answer. Yeah, I no one else has done what we've done. So until yep. they do, you know, maybe I'd think about it then when someone else can do it. But um, for now, while we've created that moment and no one else has been able to show that they can do it, then um, yeah, I'll leave that one. No, I, I love that answer. I uh, definitely don't think you'd. you'd no, I probably that never would either. I was just just joking anyway. One of the greatest sports stories I've seen, I reckon, was the day that I saw that uh, that you had won that together. Oh. Um, I'm gonna try I still and... get butterflies when I watch it too and like almost like get nervous watching it, <laughs> hoping that it's actually still real and I wasn't just dreaming it. Just in case the, the result changes yeah, or, or drops, yeah. drops, yeah. someone drops a handle or something like I'm that. I'm in an alternate reality where I didn't <laughs> win it. It's just somehow I changed, woke up into an alternate reality. Um, I haven't got any questions on the Insta. That was a bit of a fail. So I'm going to throw a couple more at you. Um I'll, I'll do my big three questions that I finish every pod with, but uh, interests away from surf life saving is what I'm interested in. What, yep. what do you do? So you've had Aussies, you've had Mad Monday. Where are you at? What are you doing now for the next couple of months? Um, yeah, so I touched on it before. I had a 12 months worth of not really participating that well in, in the sport. And I was sort of – the only reason I even did the um, the professional series, the Nutrigrain series, was I was hoping that there was going to be some waves. Yeah. Um, but I raced usually at about uh, 80 to 82 kilos. Yep. And um, I didn't race pretty much under 87, 88 this year. And I'm sitting at about 90 now. So what I'm doing right now is um, preparing my motivation to lose that, that weight yep. and to train my, train my butt off. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, try to bring the spirit up, bring the energy up. Um, I, I feel super motivated at the moment. So... Um, I'm just, yeah, get my back sorted, which was where I was injured and, um, I really, yeah, at the moment, the way I feel about next season is super exciting. 
Yeah, awesome. That's yeah. really good. Uh, I noticed you're watching a bit of UFC. Yeah. Who's, who's your favorite fighter in the UFC? I just love when Connor's, Connor's fighting, but he's not my favorite fighter. I just love to watch him because of um, obviously what he brings and yep. all that sort of stuff. Um, last week, obviously, Jorge Masvidal got knocked out pretty quickly as well. And he's another guy that brings a lot of, you know, the trash talk and a bit of banter and stuff like that. So, um, but at the moment, I really, really like, um, I'm liking Usman and I'm liking um, Israel Adesanya yep. and then Francis Ngannou as well. Scary. Yeah. Scary man. But um, I like, love Max Holloway. I reckon I'll meet Max as well because um, his, his partner is Alessa Quazon and um, and she's best friends with Carissa Moore, who's one of my good friends in the surfing. So yeah, nice. next time I go over to um, Hawaii, I'm going to, really be pushing to get Carissa to go over to Alessa's and take me with her so yeah nice yeah. well Max is a legend I, I've decided I'm, I'm not getting behind any fighters anymore because as soon as I get behind someone they get knocked out like it's I, I got on the hype train when Masvidal knocked out Askren and then um, he beat Till yeah and then he beat Diaz and I was like yeah this this is the guy yeah and then he stepped in on short notice uh, against Usman, I was like, "Oh well, he only he only had a week to prepare." But yeah. after that last beating, it's hard to um, hard to deny Usman as uh, as one of the well pound yeah. for pound at the moment. Yeah, I really struggle with that um, idea of of Habib being the best ever as well and the greatest of all time. I don't, I really don't think that he is, and I think he didn't have hold the title for you know ten fights and all that sort of stuff. I understand John Jones is. Um, had his, you know, tests to, or had some tests come back positive and all that sort yeah. of stuff and been banned for a few years. But I still think like guys like... Most of John's problems were yeah. his, was his partying as, yeah. as, a, as opposed to his uh, yeah. performance enhancements. Yeah. But guys like um, Anderson Silva and um, George St. Pierre, even Conor McGregor and uh, uh, people that have done stuff, I still put them in front of um, Khabib. I think Khabib's been the most dominant fighter in his fights. But I don't think he's the best, and you can that you can call him the best. He's gone gone missing now, and you know it, it doesn't want to ever get beaten. But I'd love to see him get beaten and see how he returned. Yeah, he really um, it was weird. Like, uh, is it Al Iaquinta or whatever yeah. took him to five rounds, and yep. then and then you see, you know, what he did to Connor, and it's it's just too the the wrestling thing just becomes too much. Like, yeah. they just pin him down and and wrestle, but yeah, also. Cl- he also clipped Connor though too, yeah. and and which was, I wanted to see that run back, yeah, just to see um, this whether the striking could have changed when he was yeah. less focused on the wrestling. But I don't know, it's hard hard to. I think it's a sport again. I know nothing about other than <laughs> yeah. I, I enjoy watching it. Yeah, I think I enjoy the credibility in that. You know, you think, oh, this guy's the out and out champ. He can't be beaten the next minute. They're putting the strap around a new guy, like yeah. And then you've you've seen it in the heavyweights. Heavyweights notoriously can only hold that strap for two to three fights. Like yeah. Stipe was was the goat because yeah. he'd held he'd defended his title three times. Yeah. Like, and now um, now Francis has gone it, and you've got um, yeah. John Jones just bulking, bulking to get there. <laughs> and there's um, I think it's Derek Lewis really wants to fight him. And uh, well, they, he, they they had a fight and it was a bit of a non-event. Cause yeah. I, I I guess they both had too much respect for the other person's power yeah. and didn't want to trade. But. And then you got in the boxing, you got um, Tyson Fury calling out 
uh, Francis to fight him in the next Ooh, year or so. I'd watch that. That'd be pretty cool. Uh, Andy Ruiz got a bit of a, a lucky decision apparently yesterday too. Oh, I didn't. I didn't see it. I don't know who he was fighting, but um, yeah. A fix might have been in on that one, but <laughs> yeah, who knows? That's, that's the problem with boxing now. Is like, and boxing always is. You just never know who's got, who's been asked to, you know, pull the pull the pin early. I love Tyson Fury, but even there was a fight there a while ago that if he if he wasn't paying for the full promotion, he, they would have stopped. He had a, a gash above his eye the size of a fifty cent piece. Yeah, and they they just kept jamming the uh, Vaseline yeah. in there, letting it go. Yeah. But anyone else that that's a the fight stopped. But yeah. Um, yeah, it, there's too many. Prom- I think I know that there's multiple MMA organisations, but the UFC are obviously the, yeah. the pinnacle. And if you you're in that organisation, the best fight the best. Yeah. Whereas what we see in boxing is that people get into different aligned with different promoters or different. Uh, I channels. can't even keep up with it. Yeah, I, and, and I there's ha- so many weight classes. Yeah, so many. So it, it gets to the point where you you may not get the best fights just because they're on different yeah they're they're different promoters or different you know ones with H- HBO and ones with um yeah you know, Showtime or ESPN or whatever it might be or DAZN yeah. or whoever it is but I think I think boxing fans get get uh, jibbed a little bit there from, from some of those big fights but yeah imagine if in Nine Man we had um weight classes weight classes. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. I'd, well, I'd be racing Matt Poole, Ben Carberry, maybe James Lacey and Jackson Maynard. I can't really think of any other big, big guys. And then, well, right now I'd be racing them. And then w- once I got lean again, I'd be back down racing Bevy and Atley and stuff like that. <laughs> that might be good for me though because I'd, I'd only have to race guys over 110 kilos. That'd <laughs> yeah. be nice. Hey, I've got three questions to finish yep. finish on. We we ask all of our all of our special guests a bit of a rapid fire. Are you ready for them? Yep. Favorite place in the world for a beer. Favorite place in the world in the world for a beer. To be honest, I reckon just simply Surface Paradise Surf Club on a on a Friday afternoon. Have you been to North Burley? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you know, I think um, yeah. Actually, when I was growing up schoolies when we were when we were like 18 we used to just sit there and have a beer watching all the schoolies come past yeah. and stuff like that or, and sort of you know probably a year later and some of the melbourne girls would be 18 um and we'd just be like throwing a bit of chat and stuff like that but i <laughs> can't do that now uh fair enough second question uh favorite athlete of all time so it doesn't have to be the best or the greatest in their sport but your favorite athlete of all time yeah for sure um I love Kelly Slater. Yep. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe maybe throw a um a Tiger Woods in there and, and a um Michael Jordan and stuff, but Kelly Kelly's pretty cool. Save them for the next question. Yep. The last question. Any four people over for a beer and some barbecue? Yep. From history, yep. alive or dead. Uh who's coming and what are you cooking? <laughs> All right. So um Will Farrell. Yes. Um Oh, Will Ferrell. Um, I would have to throw old mate. Um, what is it? John C. Riley's the stepbrothers yeah, from Step Brothers. Is it John C. Riley? I think it is. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, those two would have to be at the table together, and then maybe Michael Jordan and Conor McGregor. Solid. That's yeah. a solid for. What are you cooking for him? I'm cooking. Oh, I can't cook that well, so they're going to be let down. <laughs> um, but at least they'll all be having a fair bit of a laugh, I'd imagine. But um, 
I reckon I'll just have to go some a steak on the barbie and and um, maybe some sausages and stuff like that and something pretty simple. Sounds good. Yeah. Well, actually, I, I reckon I'd get rid of Michael Jordan and throw like a um, brush him. Yeah, I'd throw like a like a a, an, a singer or something. Maybe a Justin Timberlake. Justin, that's I did not see that coming. Yeah. I like it. Just just to throw something different in there. Hey, uh, you've been a great guest. Thank you very much. Uh, where can people find you on uh, online? Um, just mainly Instagram, TJ Hendy. Um, that's pretty simple. And yeah, I only really do Instagram. So uh, a little bit on Facebook, but yeah. All right. So thank you for coming on. We've got Thanks a, for a having me. Beers and Banner snapback there. Awesome. We've also got a pair of Grip Star socks. Now, the boys at Grip Star look after our, our pod a little bit. Yep. On cool. your road to drop that weight, you're going to need these socks. <laughs> All right. They, uh, they increase your performance. They stop your foot moving around in your running shoe. Nice. They're I ba- need that. They're basically my everyday sock now, but uh, cool. that's from the boys at Grip Star. Thank you, Grip Star. And uh, really appreciate you coming in. And um, yeah, we'll see you all soon. Hey, people, you know what to do. Follow, like, share. It really helps us out. And uh, leave a comment is even better. And enjoy a beer. Cheers. Thanks, Matt. Thank you. Thank you.